One son asked his dad, Dad, I'd like to start driving the car. He said, sure, son, but I got three things for you to do before I allow you to drive the car. First, get your C average in school up to a B average. Second, start reading your Bible a little bit more. And third, cut your hair. All right, Dad, I think I could do that. Well, six weeks later came, and he did. He got his C grades up to a B average, and he started reading his Bible more. And then he went to his dad and said, Dad, I've done all this. Can I go ahead and drive the car now? He says, Son, I've seen what you've done, but you still haven't cut your hair. And he said, Dad, As I've been studying in the Bible, I recognize there's a lot of those men who had long hair. John the Baptist, Samson, others. And it's quite possible, in fact, most people agree that Jesus probably had long hair too. And the dad thought for a moment and looked at his son. <sighs> they also had something else in common. They walked a lot. The story for me is talking about a son talking to his beloved, I mean his dad talking to his beloved son, his chosen son, his special son. But this special son still needed to cut his hair. The lesson today is called The Chosen. And the first point is Chosen Savior. There are many significant people in Scripture there's many people who you can consider a type of savior for their people or their family, but there's only one savior who can take away your sins and your penalty, and that is Jesus Christ. He is also referred to by other names as well, as in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder... And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and the peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Our Savior... God himself took the form of a little baby boy born by a virgin impregnated by the Holy Spirit God himself. He was worshipped by shepherds and later by the wise men. He grew up and grew in favor and in stature with God and man. This Jesus whom we know as our chosen Savior. And he had a mission. His mission, according to Luke chapter 19, verse 10, was to do what? To seek and to save the lost. Now, if you've ever been to the beach, maybe some of you have been a lifeguard or you have jobs where you save people. Well, 
Aren't you glad when that doesn't happen all the time and you have to run out into the water to save somebody? Now you might be a regular Joe on the beach and somebody needs your help, you go out and save them. And you do a good job. But is that your mission in life 24-7? Or is that just something that happened at a time, at a moment? You see, Jesus' whole mission was to seek and to save the lost. That's it. That was his thing to do. And isn't that what a Savior does? He seeks and he saves the lost. I had a friend, Jewish lady I lived by when I was in my 20s, and she was probably in her 70s. We got to know each other. She had never heard the gospel of Christ before. She invited me into her apartment, and we had a gospel discussion. She said, John, I've never heard that before. I've never heard that before. And what did she not hear? Jesus is the Savior, the Chosen One. You remember what God said to Peter, James, and John on the at the time of the transfiguration? This is my beloved son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Luke chapter 9, verse 35. The second point, chosen people. Now we know the Israelites were God's people, chosen. Though what they were chosen for actually started with Abraham. Genesis chapter 18, verses 19. For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he had promised him. As we look at Abraham's extended family, in particular Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then the 12 tribes, sons of Jacob, Israel, as his name is also known, we recognize that Israel was set apart. They were set apart for a purpose. Now, did that make them better than any other people? No, but it made them special. There was something unique about them that was going to be different than all other nations. And I find it interesting how God used this chosen people, this special people, and allowed them to go into slavery. God, don't make me that special. Don't choose me for that, but they were. And through that time and that experience, God brought them out and let them conquer Canaan land. But we know there's something more to them, don't we? You see, the Savior comes through their lineage. The Savior came through the 12 tribes, Judah specifically, Isaac in general. The Savior came through the connection 
to the promise God made Abraham. Boy, I tell you, God sure knows how to keep his promises. John chapter 4 talks about the Samaritan woman. What did Jesus say to her? Well, he said a few things. But listen to this, John chapter 4, verses 21 and 22. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain, that's where the Samaritans worship God, right? On that particular mountain. Neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. And of course, if we study about the Samaritans, we know that they didn't fully understand God and his message. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. And who's he talking about? The Jews. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. Now, is he saying that the Jewish people are all that and great? No, he's talking about himself. Salvation is from the Jews, and it's me. Now, there's a new chosen people. The Israelites are no longer chosen. They've been supplanted. They've been usurped. At least the Jews who are Jews by birth. Israel, who's Israel by birth alone. The follower of Christ is the one whom is now the chosen people. 1 Peter chapter 2, 8 and 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, 8 and 9. Or 2 Peter. I got the wrong passage. 1 Peter chapter 2, 9 and 10. Excuse me. But you are a chosen race. Now, Lee's version said elect. My version says chosen. The idea is they're special. And that's the point of this passage I wanted to bring out. The idea that we who are God's people are chosen. So as a chosen people, we are also a royal priesthood a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We are a chosen race. What makes us a chosen race? Well, it's not our skin color. It's not our background. What makes us a chosen people, a chosen race, is the blood of Christ that flows over us. That's what makes us special. And that's something we have to remember when we put in the idea of who made us the way we are. The third point is chosen instrument. As God's people, we can be used by God as his instrument. Like a scalpel. 
or a clamp in surgery. Maybe for some of us, more like a trumpet that everybody can hear. Now you might think, I might be good for this and not for that. And from a humanistic point of view, you're probably right. But what God can do with a willing piece of clay is rather impressive. You see, we are just simple jars of clay. The real instrument is what's inside of us. Paul said this, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. You see, in the context, it's talking about the gospel message. Paul is referring to himself, the apostles, and probably to all of us as jars of clay. Yeah, we're good instruments for God. But what is the instrument that counts? It's what that comes through us, through our mouths, that teaches people the gospel message. You see, that's the real instrument. It's the gospel message that's found in the jars of clay. Ananias was told by God about Saul. And of course, Ananias says, Hey, God, don't you know about this, Saul? Do I need to educate you? No. No, you don't. Acts chapter 9, verse 15. Go, for he is a chosen instrument. To do what? To spread the gospel. It's Paul himself that said he's a jar of clay. It's what is preached. That's the instrument that really helps people come to know God. You know, Paul was a nice blunt hammer. He liked the other part of that hammer too. He can dig into the nails and pull them out and rip. He was a destructive force, but when he was melted down spiritually, and reshaped into the instrument God wanted him to be. He was a very useful tool to share the message of Christ. Christians are now the true Israel. Because of what? Because we're special? It's because God's grace is on us. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. Romans chapter 11, verse 5. Now that we are chosen because we put on Christ in baptism, let's also put on the other attributes as God's chosen instrument. Colossians chapter 3, 12 through 17, and I will close. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. 
as the Lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So in conclusion, God made a few things chosen, special, elect, the first and foremost is Jesus, the only one who can do what he does. God has given us the opportunity to be a chosen people. And it's because of what Jesus did for us. And as a chosen people, guess what? We are also a chosen instrument designed by God to do wonderful things because we're just jars of clay. God gives a lot of grace, doesn't he? Amen. To those who choose to obey him. If there's anybody here this morning who has any needs, any prayer requests or otherwise, 